Outcast Nation, welcome to episode 34 of the Outcast. It is another sad sack episode for at least me, the Buzz, after the recent, what, what, what would you call it, the recent events of not landing Manny Machado. Uh, it's a jam-packed, bases-loaded show for you all today, man, with special guest Herb Lawrence joining us here on the show. Juice, what do you got for the people? I got the Cubs, and they're broke, and I don't see that that's a problem. And if you're one of those people who are doubting the core, then you've forfeited your right to be happy when they win the World Series. So, screw you, you're riding with the outcast. Here we go. Podcast with the outcast, giving out facts, it's a takeover. Buzzing juice, so it's no excuse. Wanna know the truth and the wait's over. Force moves and of course views on anything from the hometown. Tune in as we zoom in on the new trends and what's going down. Outcast Nation, we are back with episode 34 of the Walter Payton edition of the Outcasts with Buzz and Juice. I am your man, Buzz. To my left, as always, we got our dude, Juice. Juice, Juice Man, Buzz. You sound a little happier than I called when I called you yesterday, but still very sad. I have not slept in 28 hours. I feel terrible. Um, so you know, I'm just uh, I'm all hyped up on Mountain Dew Code Red right now, <laughs> and I'm just ready to party. So by party, I mean I'm a sad sack, and I've just been sitting in my basement crying about not landing Manny Machado. Well, we're going to get into that in a second. Do some house cleaning for us first. All right, house cleaning. Be sure you're going to sportsmockery.com for all your Chicago sports literature needs featuring my sad blog. <laughs> Be sure you're check, uh, checking us out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Be sure you're going to ticksplits.com for all your ticket needs, concerts, sporting events, whatever. Use the promo code MOCKERY for 10% off at ticksplits.com. More importantly, I want to round in and get our, our guest on today. We have our buddy Herb Lawrence, who's been on the show before, diehard Sox fan right alongside me. Um, and, you know, Herb called this. And uh, it's not that I didn't take Herb's uh, opinion into consideration. I think I was just so hyped up and on cloud nine because I got, uh, I got suckered into that we were in the table thing, that we were at the table thing. Now I feel like an idiot. But that's the thing, Buzz here, just going to real quick, in my, if, it, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, what is it? It's a, it's, it's, a, a duck. it's a duck. Yeah, I know. All right. So with no further ado, we're going to lead in our dude, Herb Lawrence. Herb, how you doing, man? Guys, I'm not doing well. I mean, just like you, I'm, you know, restless. I only went to sleep for like four hours last night. Got a quick nap in today, but pretty pissed. Uh, I, I remember yesterday I was asleep uh, because in my schedule is weird. I go to sleep until like noon, woke up to Hub, who was doing the show for Lawrence last night, texting me about uh, the show tonight. He's like, we're going to talk about Manny going to the Padres. And I was like, Manny going to the Padres? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, 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 I put that out there as if this is going to happen because we allowed them to do this. And it happened. And I was like, like I, I don't want to be right on the White Sox. I just feel them being themselves all the time. And it's not, it's irritating because I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay here. They know that. Everybody knows that. I'm going here for life. But I mean, they didn't do the thing that the effing Padres did. The Padres. They're like on the same level. Oh, 
We're losing you a little bit there, Herb. We're losing you a little bit. But, yes, they are on the same level as the Padres, which I can't believe that they didn't pull it off. We got you back? Yeah, I'm, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, we got yeah, you. Sorry better. about that, Herb. That's better. But yeah, so I, mean, just, I, I I wanted to get your opinion on. So did you buy anything Rick Hahn had said during the off season so far? I mean, were you into? You know, I I don't want to hate on Rick Hahn, and I'm not gonna right now. Um, I feel that he's done some good things. Um, you know, I I do like that our farm system looks good, and I do think that he finally pushed the White Sox organization into a you know to pick a lane kind of thing. Um, but I just felt like he felt so confident through the last two interviews that we had saw with them prior to yesterday. I mean, did you buy ever, anything he was saying in the get-go, or were you just pretty much sold on the fact that, no, Jerry's going to probably hold this up and Rick is just doing his due diligence? No, the confidence they had, I told this to Chris Tannehill, who was the afternoon producer, that the confidence that they had after Stocksfest, like that whole weekend, was kind of like a uh, um, like a, a cool confidence about themselves. So like, like so They knew something that we didn't. And they did. They had the best offer at the time. But the offer was low. That's what invited the Padres into the fray because the Padres were like, okay, 240? We can do that. And they saw it spoke with Lozano around that time and then came down this week flying to Miami, the Padres owners and A.J. Preller, to get the job done. So, yeah, I, I was like – Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe wholeheartedly they have changed their philosophy about going after these big fish, and Jerry has opened up the purse strings and allowed these guys to spin like grown teams, like a real team would. But, you know, that's what I am I think I'm most mad about because Rick and Kenny and Jerry have fed us that they're different, that it's, it's a different era now. It's a better White Sox time right now um, that they were going to be – Sitting at the table, as they said, they have a seat at the table. Well, if you want a seat at the table, you have to play the game that the that the people who have the seat at the table usually play. And since you're a new guy, you probably have to play a pittance. You have to play something that the Yankees don't have to pay. That's why they were still in the conversation, even though they were at like 220 million. You have to pay up. You have to make sure that 300 million is the the bottom. That's what he was asking for. I literally tweeted that out. In 2017, that it was, I heard that it's $300 million for 10 years. And I tweeted that out when they started this uh, free agent frenzy that you have to come to the table with $300 million. And they didn't come to the table with $300 million. They came to the table with 250 and then you can get 350 if you play your rules. If you play by our rules and you are an all-star at 35. Well, see, that, like that, that, that's the thing about the contract that was offered to him. You know, eight years, two fifty, and then they're saying that they have these incentives that can reach well over three hundred million dollars, and then no opt out. I'm just like, what, what, like, why, what, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't understand that. You you say you have a seat at the table, and then Rick Hahn did say that he felt that his uh, he was very proud of how creative the contract was. I'm not proud of anything about the contract because it didn't land the guy. I don't understand why that's even a thing. Yeah, obviously I mean, he didn't like it. Yeah, what? What's? Be, why be creative? Be, be, be about money. That's what Manny is about. Money and yes, give him an opt out. He players don't want to be playing for that long, that long on the team without the ability to. Hey, in the middle of this, if I'm good at thirty one, maybe I can do a double dip and give me some more money. Or if you guys are not good. I can get out of here and get me some money somewhere else. But 
eight years with one team, and then in that eighth year, I'm 34 years old. I got I had to be at the plate at 550 plate appearances, not knowing. Well, by that time, the old man might be dead. Regime was in there, not knowing if you guys gonna play fair and allow me to bat 550 times. So yeah, I'm not gonna bet on that. And I'm gonna a- bet on them giving me 30 million dollars each year for playing for the Padres. And, and that's the thing too. How many players in the thirty-four have actually had five hundred and fifty plate appearances? As yeah, well? we, I think it's like nine or ten. I think it's like nine or ten. Actually, uh, Nick Sheptowski last night looked that up. Um, I think there's a like a thousand players in the league uh, that got at least one plate appearance, and there's only eight players who are thirty-four wow. to thirty-five that got five hundred fifty uh, plate appearances <laughs> last year, and it's the it's. It's declining. I can send you the information. Like he did a whole breakdown since 2010, I believe. It used to be 20 guys. Now it's eight. Yeah, so if you it's could, if you could uh, text down. that to me or tweet that, I want to. I, I would love to see that because I, I, I tell you, Herb, that's when I, I get back into the creativity thing. It's like your creativity just shit, like pretty much just spit on, you know, spit at him. Like, oh, you want 10 years, 300 million guaranteed? Well, you're gonna have to. You know, it wasn't the White Sox having a seat at the table. It wasn't the White Sox. They had the best offer. Like, we needed Manny Machado. Manny Machado obviously did not need us. And I think the Sox tried, you know, puffing their chest out a little bit and, and dictating the market. And the no opt-out thing just screams Kenny Williams and, and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf to me, that old-school mentality. That's what that screams to me. I, I, like I said, I don't understand out of a 10-year contract, even 8-year, how you don't have at least one opt-out. For your own for your own justification, like you, maybe you want the player to leave. Like they had Elver Bell. That man overperformed his contract after two years, and he got out because he was not the top five player in the league in payment. So you want that in a decently long contract um, because you want that player to strive for that. Hey, five years, if you're at a certain level, go ahead and get out, man. And if you think it, that you can renegotiate your contract, we would love that because that means that you're playing very well and you think highly of yourself and you go and get a new deal. That would be great for us. But no, they don't think like a regular Major League Baseball team. And they just irritate. They have fans who are ready. Like most, like I, I think I was, I'm a very pessimistic White Sox fan. If you could, I know you guys know that. And there's very few of us out here that are very pessimistic. Like, they were initially were because Kenny was such a bad GM at the end of his tenure that he drew drove a couple people off, and so this Rick Hahn new kind of blood, the uh, rebuild people. Like, I believe in what the White Sox are doing. I believe in what Rick Hahn is doing. So they brought him back onto the fold. And this off season, I feel like White Sox fans are right there. Like, let's go. Let's just. You know, all, all you need to do is get this one guy, and we're here. We're all, we're ready to cheer for you guys. We're ready to be all in. And then they let us down. And I look at Twitter yesterday. Most of the people, probably like 70, 80% of the people were furious at the White Sox and how they handled this contract situation. They don't understand that missing on Manny Machado speaks loudly of what they are, and it doesn't just as not you're missing on a free agent. It's how you missed on the free agent that is pissing off White Sox fans and driving them away and not believing in when a, another free agent comes available. No one Arenado. They're not getting him. No, hell They're no. definitely not getting Mike Trout. They're not getting all these real people, even if they're good at that time. 
you can't close a deal. And I know he subsequently has said that they don't have a no opt-out clause. Well, damn, if you don't present one to Manny Machado, who are you going to present one to? It's got to be the top player in the league. It's got to be Mike Trout that gets an opt-out. Give, give these guys what they want because you're the White Sox. they got to realize where the hell they are in the hierarchy of baseball. They think they're the high end because Terry Rancher is the longest-centered um, owner out there still that's still alive. But they're not. Like, if you look at teams, they don't want to come on players. They don't want to come here unless they're offering premium dollars. And the contracts that are um, – that are commensurate with the West of contracts would be. I guarantee Bryce Harper's going to have an opt-out in his contract. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee he's going to have a bunch of money in that contract that's deferred, maybe, if he, if he doesn't want uh, the taxes of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania to get to him. But, you know, San Diego has – California – I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant. But oh, California has some of the most horrible taxes, for especially for rich people, in the nation. It has the highest. And yet – They've signed two years in a row. Eric Hosmer, who doesn't, you know, isn't a $140 million guy, but they still gave the money to him. And then this year they signed Manny Machado. How? I mean, Manny Machado literally can make more money here in Chicago than he can make in California. But they got creative. They got creative with the deal. Put some signing bonus money in there and enticed him and said, you know what, we got a young team too. We're, We're in San Diego. We're going to come to you. You want $300 million? Cool. Here's $300 million for 10 years and an opt-out after five. You good? Solid. Let's come. And he's now he's in the, the Padres' dugout today. I saw the picture. That still hurts. It really hurts. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying on Twitter yesterday, and I know Juice knows this for a fact, too, There, it was like a stake was driven into a lot of White Sox Twitter hearts. And you know how – that's a pretty tight community, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like, I think that White Sox Twitter is actually one of the coolest Twitters because, you know, like universes, because everybody's just kind of there and like, you know, you have conversations, side conversations and just to see how upset people were yesterday and just like, dude, like, you know what, like that finally killed my optimism. I, my optimism had died years ago for the Bears and then they're finally mm-hmm. coming back and I'm finally starting to accept it again. Like, okay, all right, I, I see what they're doing. I'm happy with it. But I think the, you know, I... With Rick Hahn getting the prospects that we have, you know, getting Cole Peck, who I'm excited about, getting Eloy, who I'm excited about, Dylan Cease, all those guys who I'm excited about. I was like, okay, this guy's different. He picked a lane. I feel good about this. Do I, I think he might have been a little bit handcuffed, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it still happened. And the fact that it did happen just kind of sent me down to be uh, not as optimistic as I was. Like, man, what if these prospects don't pan out and we're excited about you know, fifth starters in a rotation or guys that might just be in the bullpen for a little bit or not do anything. Not just that. It's, I think this sets a bad example, too, for the prospects in the future. If you are unable to offer that amount of money with opt-outs, if you're Eloy Jimenez and you understand that well, they're not... he's already pissed off. But this is, this is what I'm saying. If you're Eloy Jimenez, what makes you confident that the White Sox are going to pony up the money with the opt-outs watching them with Manny Machado when, really, this was the time for you to get that big name, to get that big fish? It doesn't make mm-hmm. me feel good about that front office no, neither, and that, that state of that organization. If I'm a if I'm a prospect for the White Sox right now, I understand that they grew through through building through the dra- through the draft and the minor league system and all that. But at the end of the day, these guys are going to get paid, and the Cubs have shown that they're willing to give those opt outs and that big money. The White Sox have never done that. Yeah. It's, so it's if you're Aloy Jimenez, what what is your thought behind? Hey, I'm gonna get up here and I'm probably leaving at the end of these what five six years he has. Well, yeah, thankfully we kept him down in the minors last year, so we can get that extra year of control, huh? 
Yeah, so seventh year, yeah. But, yeah, I think he was pissed last year. Oh, yeah, he when was. He doesn't, oh, yeah. When he doesn't make the, the opening day roster, even though killing in spring training, he'll be kind of pissed, even though he said he won't be. It's just more games played. It's fine. They have to play the game, too, mm-hmm. because other teams in major leagues do it, so they think they got to do that. But I wish they would follow suit on other teams in major leagues contract negotiations, too. Uh-huh. Yep. And offer the real stuff. Offer that real money, that guaranteed money. Oh, he has a chance. Our offer was superior to the one that he finally agreed to. No, it wasn't. And if you really believe that your offer was superior, what does that say about your organization? What does it say about you two? Jerry, I mean, uh, Kenny and uh, Rick, that he turned down a better offer to go to a team out in West that he's going to make less money at. That, what does that say about you guys? You guys can't negotiate, and the team is not desirable to come to. So it's like, got to look at the mirror. It's like I said, it's just out of touch. It, it's out of touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, they're, they're acting as if that contract with the incentives, I just threw air quotes around the incentives, on that mm-hmm. and how and how you mentioned earlier how ridiculous some of those in, you know things that he had mm-hmm. to do were to even get those incentives it's just it's out of touch it's it's old school where the he, they think the team has power over the player and my friend no they do not he is a free agent you well, have you mm-hmm. are courting him he is not courting you. you you tried to buy a BMW with Honda money that's what it was <laughs> that's what it was yeah. i love that <laughs> and that's why they stayed at that price like the whole time like they said, they changed their their offer on Monday. Like they were at a low price before this. The two fifty was their final offer, type of thing. And they went. Uh, Dan Lozano and Miami Machado went back to San Diego, and San Diego's like, yeah, three million, ten years. That's what we're offering. Opt out at five. And they didn't give the White Sox a chance to to counter that offer because they don't. They weren't playing real baseball. They weren't doing it in good faith. They weren't negotiating correctly like you're supposed to in MLB talks. Like you said, they are courting Manny Machado. It's not the other way around. They're acting like they had the power. They don't have the power Mm -hmm. in that regard. They don't have the power with any guy. Imagine when Eloy Jimenez comes out. Oh, you played here for seven years. Yeah, I played here for seven years because you some bitches left me here for one extra year. I'm out of here. And you're not going to offer me a real contract that's commiserate with the rest of the league is going to be offering me? F that. I'm out. I'm a. I'm an all-star. I'm a five-time all-star. I'm out. There's no reason for me to play games with you guys if you're not going to come to the table correctly. I hopefully, hopefully, which I don't believe in it too much, they have learned from this. And they've swallowed some pride and realized that they are not the, the top dog. They are not the people who control the market. They are not the people who are the people who set the market. They are an also-ran. They are a... Uh, a team that is used to set a market to have a team like the Padres to come in in January and overbid you a month later and get the prize later on. So thank you, White Sox. You marinated the food. You you set it all up. You cooked the meal, and the Padres are now eating. Yeah, I mean and that's that's just a great analogy, really. I mean it. Like you said, you hope they learn something from this, but I'm just going to take a page out of your book, and I I can't believe I'm saying this, Herb, because you know. You know me, man. You've known me for a while. I'm, I'm very – I try to be optimistic about this team because, I'm, I'm, you know, being a White Sox and a Bulls fan and a Bears fan, it, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. You know, and uh, I, I'm just not optimistic, man. I'm not. I'm not that they learned from this. I think that they probably the, – the talk within that front office or probably them down in Arizona yesterday was like, wow, what a prima donna. He could have made way more with us if he just fulfilled the uh, 
obligations. That, that's what I think probably happened. And uh, I agree. I, I just and, and that is a complete 180 for me from two days ago. And I just I that's how upset I am at this team, and I can't believe it because I love my White Sox, man. We hit games all the time. We I'm, I watch every game that I can, you know. But it, it's mm-hmm. just. Oh man, what a kick in the nuts! I, so, so yeah. my question to both of you, being like, I'm I'm a Cub fan, so I'm I'm the I'm the third party here that's watching before I got no White Sox hate. Who's to blame? Is it evenly distributed between you know the three headed monster that's you know Jerry, Kenny, and and Rick, or, or is one more to blame than the other? I, I definitely well, think it's. Uh, I think I definitely think it's it should be evenly dis, uh, dis, distributed. Thank you, I because you know we'll, we'll start with Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn knew what he was playing with. Rick Hahn is savvy. Rick Hahn knows the offers that were being thrown around. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Rick, Rick Hahn kind of floated out, as Herb pointed out at SoxFest, that cool demeanor, that cool, like, oh, man, we we got this guy. You know, don't worry, Sox fans. I'm going to make a sly joke here during this press conference, do my little side smirk smile, and it's cool. And then I blame Jerry for probably not wanting to go that high in the first place with $300 million, and then I blame Kenny for the structure of the damn contract. Well, if he's going to get... Over three hundred million dollars from us, he's gonna have to earn it. Damn it, you know. And that's I. I would evenly distribute it. That's just me. Herb. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I, actually, I would. I don't blame Jerry at all. Jerry is himself. He's always been himself. I blame yeah the two guys in front of him actually a little bit more because they knew what Jerry's all about. They knew going into the offseason what they were gonna what their ceiling was, and then they were. Yesterday, oh, I gotta thank man Jerry. I've seen him go out. Haven't seen him go out like this ever. He really stepped up this time. Same thing from um, uh, Rick. He stepped up. I want to thank Jerry for stepping up. No, stop giving him credit for nothing. And that's a that's my whole thing with Rick Hahn too. Like he's given a lot of credit for things that he hasn't done. I love the trades he's made, and I love the rebuild. Uh, idea, but the rebuild so far, not great. A lot of injuries. I think we're a year behind where we need to be. Yoan's not the guy that we where he's supposed to be. So a lot of Sox fans give him a lot of credit for things that he hasn't done yet. Give him credit for the trades. Give him hell for people he's picked that haven't worked out uh, as yet. I'm not, I'm not usually a result when you draft people. That's what you have to have. You have to have results, and the results haven't come as far as the, of the draft. All the players that are we talk about that are good are through his great traits, not his great drafts. Need a, a complete Rick and Kenny information where they're hitting on true. So yeah, I give them more of the blame because Jerry. Losing you here, Herb. Oh, we're losing you again, there, Herb. Sorry. No, it's okay. Good. You're back good. now. <laughs> yeah, you're back now. Oh, great. Yeah. But no. um. Juice, what was your point with that? I, I just I, I've been I'm in the business world, Herb. I I sell for I sell coffee and juice machines, and I'm gonna tell you what <laughs> I've seen I've seen people in the business world who, and I'm not gonna say Rick is this, who are living off of maybe one or two great sales that they've made in their lives, and they've they've cashed it in, and I I don't want to say that this is going that way. That I think Rick Hahn is bad as a GM. I'm not gonna say that. I am gonna say mm-hmm. this is the first red flag of not knowing your market, that kind of, if I'm a White Sox fan, I'm really upset today and really rethinking what I really think about this guy because the fact that he was $50 million off of what the number was going to be, I don't know, is that Jerry's fault? Is that Kenny's fault? Is that Rick's fault? But at the end of the day, 
he's the one who's in the negotiation room making the contract. So that's what I look at Rick and I say, this is my first red flag. And I'm not ready to write him off yet. But what I'm saying is it was easy to trade Chris Sale for a big get. It was easy to make the Quintana trade to get Eloy Jimenez. In terms of the little moves, I felt like Rick has been a little underwhelming in those in those aspects too. I think we can all agree on one thing that the biggest thing that Rick Hahn has done for the White Sox organization so far is created buzz. That's what he's done. Yeah, yeah that, but that, buzz that, is great. Yeah, well, that's but what I buzz mean. also gets you in the spot well, where you're at right now, well, where you're missing on free agency, a, and if you miss on that and your fans are pissed off, now right. you have a PR nightmare. That gets to my point here. Money talks, bullshit walks. And <laughs> guess what? The money didn't talk. And, yep. bu- and bu- bullshit Manny Machado went to San Diego. You know, so, I mean, that's that's what that's a complete red flag. I agree with you on that 100%. What about you, Herb? Yeah, it's, um, I would love for them to tell me why they're so damn confident, why they're so shocked the day that the, he signed with the Padres. And they're $50 million off the market. That, no, like, they're at least – I don't know if Dan Lozano's telling them – hey, this is what has happened, or this team is in there, you need to offer me more. They obviously didn't come back Rick Hahn after that. They came with that garbage 250, and then you can make a bunch of incentives at the end of, or you can make a couple more, 70 million when you're 35 uh, and 36. He's good. By that time, he's already $250 million in. Mm-hmm. What does another 70 million mean to him? He's good. He's smooth. So I don't just I just don't know why Rick Hahn I have so much faith in him because he is a smart guy he is media savvy he makes you feel good about being a White Sox fan but just he's going down that same Kenny Williams path without the Kenny Williams actual championship like the Kenny Williams can have that smirk and have that that cockiness and that. Brad's at the bottom, like he's the smartest man in the world. But yeah, he had a ring. He could say, "Hey, I know what I'm doing. I won a World Series." Rick is kind of going down that same thing now. He's like that smile he had at uh, Sox Fest. It's like, okay, maybe, all right, maybe he knows a little something that I don't know. Maybe he's confident that he can get the big fish, and he's sitting at the table and he's controlling things, and he's about to get that guy. But no, you didn't get the guy. You can't have that smirk, and you can't have that disappointed. Oh, I can't believe that he took that offer when ours was superior. It wasn't superior. Like I, that's all, that's all I want them to know. I want them to know that their offer was fifty million dollars less than what the San Diego Padres offered. Fifty million dollars less. That could make a difference between hey, I have to pay all these state taxes in California when I play in California, which is three times because I play the Dodgers. I would play the. Um, the uh, San Francisco Giants also. So 110 of my games will be played in San Francisco. I'll be taxed to that. So maybe that extra $50 million that the Padres made up can, you know, even up the, the scoring right there with the White Sox and all the taxes that they get taken away in California as opposed to the 5% you get here in Illinois. So, you know, I just want him to know that his deal wasn't the best and you can't be cocky. You can't. And you can't oh, that guy, he doesn't want to earn his keep at the end of his contract bullshit. He is the prize. You have to go and get him. It's not it's not your who wants to come to the White Sox? I mean, I'm a White Sox fan, but who wants to come here? Seriously, what do we have here that any other team in the league doesn't have? Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like we we have young prospects. So does the Padres. They actually have better ones. We have uh, a great hitting stadium. You know what? Petco Park actually played better offensively last year than Guaranteed Ray Park. That might be because of the players, but that it actually in numbers more home runs, more runs at Petco than it was at uh, Guaranteed rate. So where where where's the where's the thing where hey we have this unique thing that you can't get anywhere else. The unique thing that we had is payroll flexibility and a lot of money to give to one player and not be overextended and then maybe give them a lot of money later on to another player because we have a very low payroll. That's well, I mean, the uniqueness of the White Sox deal, and they didn't use it to their advantage. In my opinion, man, if once you pay a player like that, that's when the floodgates open. That's when other players are like, okay, okay, I see you. Yeah. You know, you paid a player. I see you. You're serious about this. You're wanting to be, you know, build, you have a good farm. You're wanting to build a contender. You just went and got a superstar. I mean, that opens up the door for potentially, you know, a, maybe a Chris Sale returning. Highly doubt it. But I'm just saying, you know, like it opens up a door. Be like, okay, this team's ready to contend and ready to win. Before we let you go, Herb, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Are you going to be able to ask Rakan these questions on the Lawrence Holmes show tonight? Because I'm tuning in at 6 o'clock to listen to this. I am not. I'm going to be just answering the phone. So Lawrence will be asking the questions of Rakan uh, in regards to that. But I wanted to get back to uh, the point you just made that, yeah, the Padres signed Eric Hosmer last year. Eric Hosmer's from Miami, knows Manny Machado, knows him well. So was Fernando Tatis. He knows him well, too. So you signing, the Padres signing Eric Hosmer last year maybe gave Manny Machado this year. It's like, you know what? These guys are serious about winning. They signed an eight-year contract with Eric Hosmer, gave him an opt-out, and now they're looking to sign me for 10 years, gave me an opt-out, and now they can't, they can't, there's no going back. There's no, hey, we're going to have these two guys who are marquee with Mill Myers and just be cheap all the rest of the time. No. They're going to have to go out and get another pitcher. And I see them going out maybe and looking at Gio Gonzalez. I see them going out and looking out for uh, Dallas Keuchel, maybe a little less likely because it's going to cost a little bit more money. But another guy to help them out earlier because their prospects are a mix of pitchers and hitters, but they have a lot of pitchers coming up. The Gore kid is going to be coming up. Um, they have a lot of guys down the, on the board. Adrian John guy is going to be coming up. He's coming huh? up. Uh, what's his Adrian Morja? I can't Morjan. Morjan, yeah, yeah. He's a and Adrian. Believe it or not, that kid has a better numbers than Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. So I mean, so, you know, that's uh, the Padres are no slouches. They have a very good farm system, and they're they have a lot of talent coming as well. I mean, they could have sold you know Manny on that just as well as the Sox did, except they could say it's warmer there, and we're going to give you what you want. Yeah, and it's just like they have they they have exactly what the White Sox are looking for. Like, they already have a couple of established guys. Maybe not great stars. The Hosmer had a horrible last year last year. Will Myers is a couple of years past for his all-star time, and he might actually get moved. But they have people you could say, okay, I see where it's going. Like, we don't have that guy on our team yet. Like, that guy is Eloy Jimenez. That's in middle April. Like, who is our guy that you already say, yes, that's our core. That's the guy who's going to be here when we win a championship. Is it Tim Anderson? Is it, is it Jose Abreu? Is it Yohan Moncada? We don't know that yet. I would love to know that. And they got a, a p- plenty of those guys on the team. They got Urias on the team. They got the catcher, I forgot his name, that they got from Cleveland. No, young, hungry talent they already have on the on, this, on the, the major league quad. And they're really going to be going somewhere with this team. And I, feels pissed. I feel pissed that the two of the players 
should have been White Sox players. Two of them. And they're going to be the two best players. And mm. That's crazy. It's gonna, I can't believe that. For, Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado will probably be staples in this league for the next 10 years. And they were both, they both, well, one was in the White Sox organization and the White Sox had the other one in the, you know, on their fingertips. Well, it would be a it. real kick to the balls as if San Diego can pony up next year and bring Sale over there and they win with those three too. Uh, if that ha- if that, you know what if that happened I'm not even, I'm I'm driving right into the fucking Kinky River and I'm just floating away I'm not kidding I'm just it just come sail away with me man because I'm gone I am gone after that well Herb thank you so much for coming on man can you let, let everybody know where to follow you on Twitter if they don't I'm sure they already follow you but we always do the plug thing uh, it's Hector uh, Wall twenty three so it's just Lawrence spelled backwards twenty three Rob Ventura because I loved him as a player not as a manager <laughs> <laughs> all right Herb man thank you so Thanks, much dude. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks, guys. Later, dude. That was Herb Lawrence. Juice, I'm going to have to ask you a quick question here, my friend. Absolutely. I'm going to have to ask you, can you hold this down for a minute so I can go get us a beer so we can let's crack one open? Absolutely. All right, cool. I got you a surprise. Something that I, yeah, it's in the fridge outside. Yes, I got you a surprise. A beer I have, uh, I never saw before. Went to Burkhardt's the other day, which was yesterday because I was sad, and I got uh, two family stuffed double Oreos. Oh, well, you need those. Oreos. The mega ones now? Yeah, yeah. With, yep. with every ounce of uh, white filling inside and, of it now? And you know my food when I'm upset. You do. It's the, it's the yeah. Oreos and the Italian bread and jardinera. I could I could load this down, but make sure you take your uh, your headphones off there. I didn't want you to take I, the entire I, table I, with I, you. I, I did almost walk away. I know you did. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that was Herb Lawrence with us, guys. Um, make sure you guys are tuning in to 670 The Score tonight. Um, if you guys are able to listen to this by now or to catch it back on their podcast, they uh, are going to have Rick on, uh, Rick Hahn on tonight talking about the uh, missing out of Manny Machado. And I think, I think, I think Herb brought up some interesting points in that whole uh, exchange talking about the, the fact that you lost out to a team that is pretty much on the same stage as, as what you guys are at. When you look at the Padres and the White Sox, they really are very close in terms of, playing in the shadow of teams in in their same state um but at the end like he said he the Padres are the one who are going out and spending money Eric Hosmer obviously Manny Machado now and now they're linked to Bryce Harper again which I don't think is going to happen but hey they're throwing their name in the hat and that's something that like you like your White Sox fans did say I I do enjoy them being in the call and being in the in the running but the running just didn't seem like it, it seemed like they were at the table, but if you're going to sit at the big boy table, you better bring every ounce of, of resources, and it felt like they were shortchanged going into it. This is the thing about the whole Manny Machado thing. I, I In my mind, and, and this just goes out to fans that were busted my nuts about this yesterday when I said that he's a future Hall of Famer. A, and I, you know me, I always cover my track, so I always say he's potentially a future Hall of Famer, correct? You always hear me say that, always covering my tracks, because I do believe it, but I'm not sure of it, you know. But they came out yesterday. If he keeps up doing the number, hitting, hitting the way he's been hitting, fielding the way that he's been fielding, and playing the game of baseball, the way that he's been playing baseball, he has an 80% chance. I saw somebody post that yesterday. 80% chance to make a Hall of Fame if he keeps up this, you know, his career trajectory. He's doing all the right things. The White Sox fucked up, just like Herb said. It's plain and simple. The White Sox blew this. They wanted to get cute because. It, Rick Hahn wanted to get cute because he was hampered by, you know, his owner. He was hampered by uh, uh, Kenny, but Rick shouldn't have done what he done by giving White Sox fans false hope like he did. He did act like Cool Hand Luke about it. 
And uh, I'm not, like I said with Herb, I'm not ready to give up on this team, but I'm not going to go crazy and be like, all right, well, you know, whatever. I'm still going to say trust the prospects. Last they've, year, They've ex- set your expectations now, though. That, and that's the sad part if you're a White Sox fan. They've expected, you, you've, you've set the fact you're going to be at the table, but you're never going to be able to land the big fish as long as these restrictions are still relevant. If it's like it's like handing it's like handing a soldier a knife in a gunfight. No, you, yeah. you can't win. No, you, I, you're not gonna win. It, it was just to be honest, man. Like and now how I felt as a fan and how I felt as me, I felt like I felt defeated. And you know, I felt defeated. I'm like, damn it, man. Like you know, why can't you know why can't we get somebody like this? And yeah, I'm super excited for Eloy. I'm super excited for Dylan Cease. I'm super excited for Michael Kopech. I'm excited for those guys. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, right, they'll all be gone because they don't they won't have any opt outs in their contract yeah, no shit. Soon anyway. And I'm just gonna sit here as you know on fucking weenie Wednesdays eating dollar hot dogs. And I'm fine with it. It's a, Dal- you know, hey, I said to you last summer the best deal of any ballpark I've ever been to yeah, is dollar, dollar hot dogs. It's weenie Wednesday, my friend. Oh my god, man, we had so much fun. Oh, whatever. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now so, with it, man. So my question to you too, I've been seeing this around Twitter and the Twitter sphere and a lot of my friends have te- saying they're not going to games anymore. Is yeah, that you fuck right off. Is like, that is that a serious? Yeah, is, they, is that serious? They can fuck like, right off. You're not gonna, like, you're, gonna, like, you're not going to shell the four fucking dollars it takes to sit somewhere and get out of here, stupid. dude. Yeah, it's like it's like the Cubs fans who are saying they're not going to games anymore because of the network or because right. of the million. I'm other not things even going to entertain that shit. You know why? This is what we talked about on last week's podcast, or not even last week. What was it? Sunday, Saturday? We recorded Saturday. I'm not even going to entertain this. You know why? Because we go to games. Why, dude? Because we enjoy it. It's our hobby. It's stuff that we like. I'm not going to fucking boycott my team because they missed out on a free agent. I still love my team. I'm still going to support my team, but I'm not going to be the guy. This is where the fandom changes here. I'm not going to be the guy to defend them tooth and nail. They fucked up, and I'm going to tell them they fucked up. That's it. That's just all it is. They messed up. They didn't come to play the game right. They came to play the game, but they didn't play it right, and that's it. That's what they did. That's on them. Doesn't mean I'm not going to support the team, watch them on TV, go to games, buy the hats, buy jerseys. Doesn't mean any of that. That's bullshit. That's stupid take. That's that's a stupid-ass take. But you've seen it, too, I'm sure. Oh, I have. Yeah, I've seen it's, it everywhere. It's around. I, I, dude, I got into so many arguments Second yesterday. Second thing, too, I wanted, to ch- I wanted to chat with you about. I know this isn't um, in relation to sports mockery, but obviously Barstool is a huge thing. Your guy, White Sox Dave, friend of the show, friend of ours, not chaining himself to the statue. What's your thoughts? Uh... If you're gonna do it, fucking do it, man. Like if you're that's gonna, what I'm saying, if dude. You're gonna like, say, if you're, if you're gonna say, you're yeah, gonna if you're gonna say you're gonna like, do it, you might as well do it. Listen, you White have, Sox Day is my guy, though. That, he, that's our he, guy. A, we, I met him. He's, he's a, a nice, nice guy. He's a nice guy. But but I'm, make if you're gonna talk that if you're gonna talk that life, be about that life. Like if I said I'm gonna go chain myself to this statue, oh, we would have been there. I would have been, been there. Chained up with it. I would have got arrested, and it would have been a hilarious thing that probably boosted us up into the stratosphere. We should maybe just go do it. Yeah, I mean, I want to go do it. What right now? Chain I mean, my, after the after the show, chain myself to his cha- statue. I really want to listen to the Rick Hahn presser and watch Blackhawks Red Wings tonight. So. Okay, well we could do we could do that in the car. How do I watch on the, the Red way Wings up the there? Car? Well, we we could watch it on the on oh. my iPad. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get chained up there. We'll have the whites or we'll have the Blackhawks Red Wings game. I don't want to steal Dave's thing. I want to do something better. Well, we should we should find a way to we should talk about this. We're gonna talk about this we because I'm, about I'm gonna this. say one thing right now. If you're because Dave released the video last night. And he I went up there. He I went up there, he went and up there. he looked nervous. Of course. And like I said, if you're not about that life, you're not about that life. That's fine. And I'm that's not okay. saying I'm about that life either. But if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do it. You know, I, basically, 
I'm not jumping. I guarantee you, I'm not jumping in the Chicago River when it's cold. I ain't no, doing no, that. I work no, out. No. I wouldn't cold. ask you to do Look that. Look at my hands. They're already chapped from the cold last night. I wouldn't ask you to do that. No, but I, we will come up with something fun. And, uh, you know, that. well, you got to give me something that the White Sox need to do. That's what we need to sit down. We need to hammer this shit out and figure out what. I think we should do something that relates to opening day because I would love to go with you at opening day at the uh, at the cell. I'll meet you over there. I got tickets. We'll figure, I, well, we'll figure I, something out. I got out. tickets lined up. but uh, We could get tickets. Yeah, this is this is just fucking depressing me. So, um, do you want to move on to my Cubs? Yeah, we'll move on to your Cubs so I can hear you rant about stupidity, but not towards an organization, <laughs> more towards the fandom. Well, and then um, that's, isn't that what the isn't that the moment we're at? And like, it's kind of funny. You go back and forth of the dishonesty between both Chicago sports teams right now, on the baseball side. You know the the lack of misinformation too throughout the offseason this this offseason for chicago sports teams oh, has brutal. been it's been a dumpster fire oh, it hasn't and, been I, fun I mean, at all and, and that's even extending into you know the, your bulls your bears the, the, there's been a lot of back issues that you know the cody parkey stuff after that it's been a rough time for sports in chicago it really has it's been i want to say that it's the worst time for chicago because that's not true because those bartman days after post with the we're pretty rough it just sucks because everything kind of happened at once you know, I know. like it's just been a little brutal chicago's but just taking so many else you got to look at the bright light right now between baseball starting bulls and blackhawks going on that the blackhawks right now who are a point out of the playoffs are the most talked yeah you know, that's are, also are that's also no, we'll get into that in a second but i want to i want to dive into the cubs yeah well you want to talk about first you didn't even like yes, introduce yeah the my, my mistake yeah forgot we See, we always get thrown off when we have a guest. Yeah, I, mean, I know. That's the, it, it's never, and, and Herb, it's never Herb's fault or anybody's fault no, that comes on. It's just we're, we're imperfect. we have to do things in yeah, different. We're imperfect, man. We're we human are. beings. This is so what we're, do. we're drinking uh, West Coast Manny IPA. That's fucked up, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> drinking this. It just says Next, next. Coast IPA from Goose Island. Uh, it's a 7%, but totally crushable. It's not quite like any other IPA you ever had. Big, bracing, piney hop flavors meets tropical bouquet of nugget, citra, and mosaic hops. Sip it or rip it. We're not your mom. Interesting. Okay, that's an interesting uh, Interesting ending there. Yeah, it is. We're not your mom. All right, well, let's do okay, it. Okay, well, we're going to sip it and rip it. You need it. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It smells fruity. Smelly. It's very smelly. Not smelly bad, like smelly got a lot of aroma. See, that's one in the summer that you get in trouble on. That just goes down. Ooh, that is good. If that's 7%, that just goes down. That's yeah, it's you a good get in, 7%. Yeah, that's one you get in trouble on. I'm going to give it a 7.3. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.5. I enjoy okay, it. Seven, you know four, me, I'm not like the between. biggest fruity beer guy no, besides sours. I like sours, yeah. but I mean, I'm not like a... No, that's piney. It's yeah. got some good piney. Yeah, that's, that's very good. That's yeah, very no, good. it's good. So yeah. let's get into this cub shit, man. Let's get into this cub shit. So... I just want to let you go on your rant right now. Okay. So, I just want to address the, the elephant in the room that happens to be that the Cubs are broke. Sure, they're not broke. They, their front office is just enforcing its power upon Theo Epstein. And I truly think that's fine. Theo Epstein doesn't have a blank checkbook. No MLB team has a blank checkbook where you can just write checks that you can't cash. Tom Ricketts is a businessman. The Ricketts family is worth over $5.3 billion. The Cubs are worth a $3 billion franchise. But with that comes extra added on costs. I want to talk about the fact that they are building around the park. I live there. It's constantly being worked on. Construction is not cheap. There's a team they're going to have to put on the field next year, and it's one of the highest payrolls in baseball. Third, if I'm not mistaken. And it's built upon 
big contracts that Theo Epstein and company handed out to players who haven't produced at the level that they're paid. Is that Tom Ricketts' fault? No. I love Theo Epstein just as much as I love the next guy who gave me a World Series. I think he's a genius. I think he's somebody who we should be blessed as Cubs fans to have. But the one thing I've always harped about this podcast, on this podcast, is Theo Epstein is not good at free agency. Carl Crawford years ago showed us that. Jason Hayward reiterated those, those same things I've preached for years. And you Darvish was the final nail in the coffin of last year, along with Tyler Chatwood. Those are the reasons why Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are not in Cubs uniforms. Not, not the Ricketts. Don't blame the team that has invested billions and billions of dollars around the park on the roster. And if you really, truly blame the Ricketts and you want to go back to a different owner, we'll go back to the Tribune Company when they pinched pennies, when the paper business was dying and the only thing of asset that they had was the Cubs. And we'll go back to those days where Jim Hendry and crew had to grind nickels together to make quarters. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is a huge F you to all the players that are on the team right now. The way all these fans are talking around Twitter, in the media as well, Pakoda. I'm going to talk about all these different, um, if they're not players or media or fans that are, are, are downing this core. But I'm going to tell you right now, if this team wins the World Series with this core, plus maybe somebody at the trade deadline, which Theo Epstein ain't stupid. He understands that he's going to need some, some flexibility at the deadline. Let the man have his flexibility because then if they need somebody, if somebody gets hurt or somebody doesn't pan out, they're going to have the money to do it, and they're going to have the prospects to trade for it. So this is to all you Cub fans who are calling out Tom Ricketts, saying that he's cheap. I want you to walk around the ballpark. I want you to walk into the ballpark. I want you to see the changes they've made in the last three, four years and tell me he's cheap. And then I want you to look at the roster that's heavily front-loaded on the top with players who are not producing to their, their contract. And I want you to blame Tom Ricketts. And when you do that, you could jump in the Chicago River, and when they win the World Series, you have, you have forfeited your right to celebrate. Because this core, if everything works the way that I believe it can, there is no team in the National League that is going to beat them. You look at you, Darvish, right now, working between the 93 to 95 mile an hour mark with ease. Tyler Chatwood has changed some things in his delivery. CJ Edwards has changed his delivery to the Kenley Jansen pause. Says he keeps him in his, everything feels great in spring training. If you look at Anthony Rizzo too, it looks like he's lost a little bit of weight. Everybody's saying that Chris Bryant is back to his MVP form. You guys are missing all the points. The points of spring training are that they're back, they're working, and all those guys left last year with a sour taste in their mouth. So if you don't think that this core can get better, win the division, get hot, and win the World Series, then you're nuts and you must have forgot about 2016 because it happened. Or you're a dork that fucking plays Dungeons and Dragons and became a sports I, fan after I high school. I just don't understand, and, and maybe I read too much negative media and I get that everybody's got to get paid. That's how this thing works. You, you don't get paid to write the story the Cubs are going to win the World Series because of their core. You write the story that says the Ricketts are cheap, so this is what happens. But it, it moves a fan base. And I'm, t I'm just telling these fans, don't believe that they don't have any money, because they do. They lied to us about that, and that sucks. But if you're doubting this core, 
you have s simply missed the boat. Because the Cubs are a damn good baseball team. They had to battle a lot of uphill, a lot of uphill stuff in the f last 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 year. If it's not 43 out of 45 days to end the end the year, they had to play a baseball game. If it's not Milwaukee having to win 11 out of 14 at the end of the year, including I think it's nine in a row against decent talent at the end of the year, the Cubs are fine. But this uh, this stuff and this whole thing in Cubs Twitter, we've talked about White Sox Twitter losing their minds. The Cubs have pretty much dragged things out. Of, and, and this has nothing to do with the, the emails or the political stuff that's come out with, with the Ricketts family and, and the Addison Russell stuff. That That is a, a mess PR-wise. But last I heard, the owner is the owner. And Addison Russell, while I think, I don't think he's going to be a Cub very much longer. I think they'll do the right thing and they'll move him because why they have they have guys ready to play the positions that he plays so go through what you're going through when baseball starts all this is, will be forgotten when they move Addison Russell all of that goes away it, just deep breath cub fans deep breath yeah it sucks i'm not sitting here and saying that i wouldn't want Bryce Harper or Manny Machado on my team and i'm not upset that I'm not saying that I'm not upset. Can I just say one thing? But, if I, guys have the second highest fucking payroll in baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the team's not spending. Yep, it's stupid. I, I don't know how many times I have to say this. You can't you can't write too many checks. And that, I, I just <laughs> I don't get it. And I'm I'm from the outside looking in. I have one of the lowest fucking payrolls in baseball. I can't even go fucking get Manny Machado. You know, so like you're an idiot. All those fans are stupid that are saying that. I, I, I well, dare to challenge you to come on this fucking podcast and talk stupid shit. We love it. I mean, I, I live for that shit. I've actually had a few direct messages on people that wanted to come on and talk to us, and I want to get a show set up where we do a Skype thing. Love it. Yeah, that's what I want to do. But I'll tell you something we right now. We have a phone line. We can just do them now. Yeah, yeah no shit. I, I'm not... I'm not even going to hear any of that. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. Well, the Cubs won't spend money. You have the second highest payroll in baseball. Fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know And just anything. because they're within a, a winning window doesn't mean you need to spend during that window. You get what I'm saying? If, if Theo and crew truly think that they have enough to win, and I truly think that they do, based on, on projections and players getting better, then who's, who's to fault this, this core? You know, I I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either, man. But I gotta move on from shit that's pissing me off. I I'm sorry. I I just God. Well, and if it doesn't work out this year, both teams are gonna have money next year to spend too. So yeah, we're gonna fucking each have each money. player has been put on notice. This yeah. is what this is. Yeah. This is a transition year. It's if you don't produce, you're gone. If you're if I you're just... from the Cubs. That's what this is gonna be. I just sit here and don't think we spend it, but that's because I'm I'm, I'm upset and I'm I'm salty. So I, you know, it 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 is what it is. But uh, you know, I, I am still excited for baseball season, even though we don't have Manny Machado. This speeds up, or doesn't speed up, but you know, putting Yoan back at third, who has actually I guess won a couple awards in Cuba for playing it, but is you know it's funny Dominican. I don't know if you remember this, but when they got him and he was everyone was saying, oh, he's playing second base. I was one of the only people who told you he's gonna play third eventually. Well, he played third in Boston. So I, well, that's yeah, why, but then know, they put I mean, him at second. Everyone's like, "Oh no, he's gonna play second. We got we had Matt Day or somebody at no, third. Jake Berger was in the farm. And they, that's you know, what it was. they were thinking about. That's what and it was. that's who we're actually next week. Jake is open to coming on the pot. Awesome. Yeah. So no, but I, I just uh, he's gonna play third. 
Yeah, he's going to play third. Let uh, him play third. Timmy's going to hold down shortstop. And I'll tell you something right now. Defensively, Timmy made strides last year. Timmy also made strides offensively. 20 stolen bases, 20 home runs. Not a lot of players did that in the league. So, um, but again, I digress. We did a lot of baseball talk here today. Yeah, lots of baseball. Uh, but that's okay. The yeah, season's had, about to start. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it uh, with Herb, and I'm just glad that I have people that feel like me and then uh, a supportive Cubs fan here that didn't let me fucking kill myself. So, no, uh, not, I'm not worried not, about you. Not literally. Um, so let's <laughs> move into the Blackhawks, man. Let's transition over to the Blackhawks. What a game Monday, huh? Two goals on three shot attempts for Cam Ward? Yeah, can, my question to you, can you win like this in the playoffs, though? Can you win with a dumpster fire defense like this? Uh, as long as Debrinkit, Kane, Strom, and Taze keep it up, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we could do it with anybody. Yeah, but that's the thing. Do too. I think it's, we're gonna get far? No, I don't no. think we're gonna win a Stanley Cup. Or so what's like the point? That. I don't know. It's been fun. Yeah, it's fun. I guess that, that game. You gotta make. You, that you have very low standards as of right now, though. No Manny Machado. Oh, buddy, Bears, I, buddy, Bears I, double doink. I'm on the verge of becoming a fucking full blown alcoholic, man. I got nothing. <laughs> well, what do you want? Cheers to that. I'm right there with <laughs> yeah, you. We're I, getting on the loony bin together. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to be shipped off to a home, dude. I'm, I'm just like done. But I had a good time watching it, so that was cool. You know? Well, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun game. I watched it back no, it on was. Monday or on I, Tuesday morning with Ren. I, I just I, I wonder if this is sub- sustainable. And also, I mean, it's cool tonight they'll play Detroit, which, my opinion, that rivalry needs to be back in, in its Western Conference. I get why they do it. Travel times suck. It's unfair for Detroit to travel all the way out to L.A. all the time because a lot of the teams are from the West Coast. But I, uh, yeah, man, it's it's fun. The The only thing I it upsets me is the point of the whole thing. It's cool to watch it in the now, but when they when they're you know definitely eliminated, it's going to be the only thing that I don't want is you'll be make... we'll all be asking why why did we win so many you know that's well, I, the... I understand that but like at, at the same time too I'm glad this, we do have young players and it, it is kind of nice to see them develop yeah, and, and no, getting a groove and at the same time but you could do that while losing right well and the, <laughs> you know that's right not... I understand but at the same time too man like I just hope that we don't make a trade and and acquire some defenseman like you have in the outline here and some defensemen. That's just gonna put more money. That was on the books that was more directed. Us. That was more directed till till next year, going into oh, free agency. I thought, okay. Not okay. not now. More like the deadline's still coming up. It is. But it has not passed yet, and people are talking about the Hawks going from sellers to buyers, and that was a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, it's really interesting to me that that's the conversation. In the I'd shoe rather court. not be a the buyer. Shoe, the shoe. The few short weeks. The few short. Weeks. The shoe. The shoe. The shoe fits. Weeks. The shoe does now I, fit. I know, the man. skate fits. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Can't talk today. Yeah, I'm just here. I'm here to party. <laughs> Too much. No, I mean it's fun. I don't. It, I just get pissed. Well, I mean, like, when, well, when you want to tank, you want to fucking lose. I get it. I mean, it makes sense, dude. I understand it. It's just you know, it's just nice to see the young players that we do have kicking some ass, and it's nice to see Jonathan yeah, no, Taze the, the, and Patrick Kane, the Debrankets and Stroms and all that jazz. That's great to watch. Kagula, and, they're, I, I, and like I said last week, they're much closer. Than we thought. And Drake so, on the first line with yeah. Taze and Kane. What mm-hmm. a pickup. What yeah. a pickup. Mm-hmm. That dude plays. I mean, he is a perfect can we, linemate. Can we put the Stan Bowman sucks at his job talk to bed once and for all? Um, You know what? I, uh, I can't. I never jumped on that bandwagon. So I know, well, Because all the people that are saying that he sucks are excited about all the prospects that he's got coming up in Bachquist and Bowden. It doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, I don't. It's like playing both sides of the card. You can't pick up. Well, pick I mean, it, it, that's what that is. That's that's called a fence walker. Is yeah, that what well, it's called? Fence walker? I think so. Yeah, he's walking along the fence. So, like, he can teeter towards one side and he's right. Well, he you can, can teeter jump towards to either the... side, doesn't have the dragon. You know, yeah, that's, right, that's right. the key. It's like the, yeah, the dragon, like the 
game in South Park where they're stabbing. You know, you remember that game, Chase the Dragon? No, but I do remember the uh, what, what's the the Mongolians? Oh, with the, the Mongolians. With, with, with the Did you see wall. what I put on Manny uh, on Manny Machado on my Twitter? No, I put the Jack in it in San Diego song. Oh, that was funny. Jacking it, jacking it. I did see that. Yeah, jacking it in I San Diego. That. Uh, that made me feel a little bit better about myself. For like five seconds, and then you realize. Yeah, no, I'm still legitimately upset. I know. Well, you also look pretty damn tired, too. That's oh, the man, I feel this, this episode. I, have, I haven't slept uh, in 20... What, what time is it? Four? So I got up at 11 yesterday. So that's what? That's 27 hours? 28 hours? Yeah, but you're good at that. Yeah, I'm all right at that. Yeah. A couple beers and couple beers I'll coffee be maybe well, later. I had coffee this morning. Yeah, yeah, a couple beers. Maybe a tea later. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like get tacos. Okay. I don't know 100 percent yet because I don't think Jamie took anything out. Oh, gotta figure that shit out. <laughs> I'm just here, man. I'm on just... to the next. Yeah, on to the next. All right. So Bulls, who will be the next Bulls player to start an All Star game? I know. I was. I got in this argument with John Brooks, our buddy John Brooks. Oh, Brooksy, if you're listening to this, if you fucking tweet me again when I'm down, you kick a guy when he's down. I'm gonna fucking I kick think you I did so with John. hard. Maybe nuts. it was somebody else. I don't know. Usually, I get in an argument with John. Oh yeah, it's, it's but, easy to argue with John. But is there who's the next bull to start an All Star game? I wanted your opinion on that. To start an All Star game? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm gonna, <laughs> I mean, Lowry Markkinen's not going to make it in on fan votes. That's a fan vote, right? You know. So uh, I mean, Zion Williamson, if that's the possibility. Yeah, I mean, if we get him, yeah, I guess. I mean, this is this is like oh, who knows? This is like tinfoil hat conversation. Yeah, but I who wanted knows? to have fucking Bulls Nation, Mike John Ranton. I you know what I watched a little John Morant. Did you since we had this? What was that last Saturday? Since we had this last this conversation, it's obviously last week when this whole John Morant love was blowing up. I was obviously stuck in Florida, so mm-hmm. I had no time to watch a lot of John Morant. I've seen him play m- miniature spurts, but I finally got a chance to watch John Morant. I think he's going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a top five player. I do like the way he paces his game. I'll say this. I don't think he's a top 15 point guard in the NBA. Okay, well, I'm just saying, I think, I think he, I like the way he paces his game. I've seen, I like his vision. He does have good vision. Now, the thing that I worry about is his first step. I, I've, I've looked at it. I don't know if he possesses his, the first step to get him by defenders in the NBA. That's what, about, what I've looked at. What about. But he's growing. You he's getting better. His... I, I actually I did a whole John Morant day. I watched a lot of John Morant. What about his vision? I mean, I know you said his vision. You I like, think he has good what vision. What about the five turnovers? Well, that's what happens when you're a young player. Okay. Let, let, let him grow. He is a sophomore. My, my thing, too, is if I, I went back through his, his whole AAU career as well, didn't know he played with Zion, didn't, and he was the third option. So when they both left, I think he also played with, uh, was it Reddish? Uh, might have been. I think it was Cam Reddish. Might, it might have been Reddish. I'm forgetting here, but here nor there. He was the third option on that team, and then when it finally became his team, that's when he took the jump. Now, obviously, you can you can make arguments that having the ball more, obviously, and being able to have more freedom in the offense could produce those number jumps. But I do like the fact that each and every year we've seen growth. I, and if you look back at his stats in in terms of scoring and in assists. You've seen growth now. The, the the turnover numbers that you just mentioned do keep they, skyrocketing. They do. They 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 floor me too. That's something that is a true worry. But I do see why people think that he's a top five draft prospect. But I think they're drafting more on potential than they are what he is right I now. I think they're looking at numbers and getting it skewed because they don't watch college basketball. And that's fair, but a lot of these questions, like we said last week, are be answered answered during the tournament. Right, and I can't. But, yeah, I can't wait for that. Until then, 
I, I watched some of his, his old stuff. I've watched, you know, his AAU tapes and um, some highlights from Murray State. And I do like a little bit of what I see. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm making my pick for the Bulls if I have the number five, you know, four pick for John Morant. But I will say that it's somebody that they should have their eyes on. Because obviously with the Chris Dunn situation, you need to do, do your due diligence on, right. on a point guard right now. Yeah. So I understand the buzz. I really do. I think that because you have here too, who are the Bulls draft targets now that they have Otto Porter Jr.? Does this change the rankings for you? If they don't take the best available, and in my mind, listen, like when you say he's not the drama rant, you don't know if he's in the top five. I agree. I got Zion above him. I got Cam Reddish above him. I got R.J. Barrett above him. Mm-hmm. I have Romeo Langford above him. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, believe it or not, I have Nazar Little above him because I think he can do it on both ends of the floor. And I, I just think that he struggled a little bit at UNC, but he's playing pretty good talent. Got a lot of guys above John Morant. Um, obviously, Zion goes number one. But if we have number two or number three and we pass on Cam Reddish or R.J. Barrett for fucking John Morant, I'm going to lose it. You take the best available here, and I think you can revolutionize. This is what me. Well, yeah, I, my my thing with John Morant was more if we miss on the top three to pick. Anyway. Oh, okay. okay. It wasn't. I do think it's a jump at one to three because yeah. obviously it's a I think very that, weak draft. Well, I, I I think that if you have a choice between ACC talent and you know OVC talent, you always take the ACC talent. I think so. I I, I would you just bet on the competition. All right. With that said, I mean, there's a Dame Willard in every ten drafts. You know that's and that's yeah. The, someone compared that's the, that to me the other day. But that's like, the that's the wheel of you right. know fortune that you're you're betting on. Do you right. want to bet on that or do you want to bet on you know the sure thing of, of a guy who played in the ACC for his freshman year and and in Zion or you know Cam Reddish or uh, um, R.J. Barrett? But you know that's the if you're between four, five, six, that's when it becomes hairy. I think and maybe the, you draft on need at that point. I think that the Bulls need to take best available no matter what it is. And I think if it does turn out to be RJ or Cam Reddish or whatever, I think they can revolutionize basketball. Zach Levine at the point, Reddish, Porter, Markin, and Carter. Five people in your lineup that could bring the ball up the court. Five people in your lineup that could shoot the ball. Five people in your lineup that can, you know, Zach's gotten better at defense this year, and it's it showed. Um, I think you can revolutionize uh, a little bit of basketball because our small lineup would would kind of be big. You know what I mean? They're kind yeah. of crazy to think about, and that, and this is actually a point from C. Red but all, Fred. but all of this is uh, this is if they draft between one to three. Right. You know, I, I'm a firm well, shit, believer. You get Reddish or Barrett outside of three. Because well, people are somebody, about if somebody like Chad, right? What I'm saying is, I think you draft Ugh. one to three on best available if you have those picks, mm-hmm. but four on down, you bet you you draft on need. Yeah. Because in this draft, four through down is pretty even. So you, it's yeah, it's not, it's not, deep. it's not right. It's not deep, and a lot. Of, this year, college basketball is like, oh, if it ain't Duke, it ain't shit. Or if it ain't Duke or the Illini for me, it ain't shit. Yeah, and I've kind of felt like that because it's just hot eh. take. I don't think Duke's gonna win the NCAA tournament though. Really, I don't. Who do you got above? There Duke? is oh, there is always I I, I, I like, don't have anybody. I like talking. I don't right have now. anybody. But how many times does the number one team go out and win the whole thing? I like Calipari right now. Well, I'm te- just saying. I'm just saying that basketball is a funny sport. Oh yeah, and absolutely, these guys play back to backs, and it's 
It's a whirlwind of well, Kentucky just beat number one Tennessee, right? That was what that I game was. So. Yeah, so I mean, that was that was just Cal Parry always has his team ready to go by the tournament. That's, that's just yeah, Kentucky looks really good right now. I mean, really good. Uh, Duke, I mean, they have flaws because I feel sometimes they play one on one. Well, right, and and Coach I mean, K needs to settle that shit down going into the tourney, but. That's what I'm. I'm that, hey, that's a, I'm, that's I'm just betting on what I've seen normally in the tournament. Yeah. How many times does the number one overall team go all the way? Oh, do you want to see what I did? What's that? Before we close out the show, I became a degenerate. So that was years ago. Did I mean, you get a card? Well, I, I mean, I became even more of a de- degenerate. How? That's possible. Yes, it is. I downloaded Bet Chicago. Oh wow! I'm I'm degenerate gambling with free money right now until I have to use my own real money. Well, what do you got going right now? Nothing. I we just, should start a betting segment. I just on downloaded this show. it for you. We should start a betting segment on this show. I'm down. Let me get listeners, my ducks in a row. Listeners, if you guys want a betting segment, juice and juice and buzz picks, let us know. You know, I don't. I'm not very good at bets on this show. I still got to get slapped in the face by our boy Bear Down. You do, but he's also overseas. Yeah, he'll be back. So he'll be back to slap. Yeah, he'll ass. be back to smack shit out of me. All right. Well, outcast of the week. Outcast of the week. I'll let you roll into it. We're gonna go with Tim Donahue. Fucking Tim Donahue. I had to. I, I was watching ESPN yesterday. I, I got to put him breaks. in on the list here. This, this story <laughs> breaks about you know how they did some back research and mm-hmm. um, into forty games. Yeah, they, share this they, with me because I missed this. So forty games they they did research on and remember Tim Donahue said that he never influenced games. He just bet on them. Yes. They did uh, a research of the forty closest games that he had, and it was five thousand three hundred forty-eight to one. For the calls that could have come out of just out of pure luck, so they look at the odds of how he influenced the game, mm-hmm. and pretty much pinpointed it. And I know my stats are kind of odd for this this segment though, because I I didn't write them down and I just kind of watched it. They pretty much came to the conclusion that he did influence his bets, betting on the games. And that he's a liar, which, I mean, he was a liar before, he's a liar now, he's, now he's the outcast of the week. Yeah, ain't nothing new. No, but I mean, I wanted to talk about this with you because obviously the NBA is dear to your heart, and yeah. obviously we we go back and forth all the time about that uh, to the be Sacramento uh, LA series that's and the, bullshit. the whole conspiracy. That was, a, and... that was like when we were getting old enough to really understand what the fuck was going on, mm-hmm. and I remember that series, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, Chris Webber, that was a bullshit series, and they were fucking robbed. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad even saying that shit back in the day, man. Yeah. To be honest with you, man, as I'm getting older, the NBA ain't shit to me anymore. Because it's it, it's fucking... It, sometimes it sucks, and it's, it just fucking blows. And I I I don't want to sit Speaking here... Speaking of which, too, did you see Kyrie and uh, KD in the hallway? Oh, he go, he got two, two, we got two but... fucking max slots. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Go play with your friend. You know, you're not... Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's fucking terrible. Like, the league's terrible. It's a joke. It's like watching... For me, it's like watching WWE because I can call the fucking match. I think the next show needs to be our ideas on how we fix it. What, the NBA? Yeah. All right. You, uh, you fucking. Well, no, save it for next week. Oh, okay. Right. Save it for next week. Okay. I got I'm going to preview next week's podcast. The bull segment will be strictly about whatever happened in the games this week or next week. They don't play until what? Next week? Uh, yeah. Doesn't it get the week off? A couple days off or something. Yeah, whatever. Here or there. Whatever happened in the games that we, before we get back together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Whatever uh, you know, and, and the uh, how we fix the NBA. No, oh, they come back tomorrow night. Yeah. Interesting. And the Bulls are Friday night. They're back. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, 
We'll have to talk about that. That'd be a good one. Um, be sure to go to sportsmockery.com for all your Chicago sports literature needs. Checking out Sin City Mockery if you dig Las Vegas. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, wherever the fuck you can find podcasts, snippets, videos, full episodes. That's where we're at. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Watch our show. Hey, watch our show. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> um, what else I got, man? Uh, be sure you go to TickSplits.com. TickSplits.com. Using the promo code MOCKERY for 10% off tickets to concerts, sporting events, shows, whatever. That's TickSplits.com. And the TickSplits stat of the week is that the White Sox offered eight years, $250 million and lost. <laughs> Um, and that's it. I want to thank Herb Lawrence for coming on the show today. He, I'll tell you what, man, he's one of my f- favorite guys to talk. He to is because he's just he's passionate and he's like a passionate way where he's not like over the top. You know, like I, I love how I love how informed he is and how articulate he is when he's when he's talking about that shit. So thank you, Herb, for coming on, man. I really fucking enjoyed it. Yep. So next week we'll have a uh, burger. Yeah, and I'm trying, the, uh, yeah, I'm trying we'll, to land we'll Jake have uh, the week. MLB roundup as well as the, uh, the NBA, how we fix the NBA talks. And uh, maybe diving into some bears. There is some uh, some news free agency wise cuts today that I think we could really talk about. And hopefully there's more by next week. Maybe some uh, betting stuff too. I would love it. So uh yeah. You'll come back for the what today is the Walter Payton episode? 35, Anthony Thomas. Just sticking on running back? No, we're going to go, uh, we're going to, well, 33 is Pippen, 34 is Payton, 35 is Big Hurt. And I know you don't like him, it's, ow. I'm going to call it the Anthony Thomas episode. Uh, the A-Train? Dude, the A-Train was the bomb. I know, I know. We'll be back with the A-Train episode from my buddy here next week. You ride with the Outcast. Later. <laughs>